Welcome everyone to the Beyond the Rules podcast. This week, my guest, Leon Cruset, a man of many sports, a man who I consider a friend and a man. The first time I saw him umpire, I was like, that's the guy I need to learn from. Welcome, Leon. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? How's the season going? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. So far, so good. It's been cold out there. Oh, <laughs> it's been cold. Got to be layered up. Got to be layered up. Yeah. Yeah, even with the layers, let's say the wind, and depending where you are, if you're close to water, it's been tough. When someone asks me, how am I doing? I said, I'm doing great. There's no place that I would rather be except for being in Florida. Maybe if we were in Florida, I'd be happy yeah. umpiring baseball right now. Oh, I'm sure those those umpires are spoiled, man. They have no idea. Like, <laughs> right. Maybe just they get rained out, but we right. get those too. We don't they don't get like chill out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So before we recorded, actually, which was a good uh just a beyond the rules of sort of scenario you were dealing with. Uh, you said you had a game today with Stuyvesant and West 50th, correct? Yeah, that's right. So that's and, Stuyvesant uh, West 50th. And where was, was the game? game? I'm sorry? Where was the game? The game was at Pier 40 on the west side. It's an interesting park. It's kind of enclosed. It's kind of, it's like a parking lot around it. It's uh, all turf and there are other sports going on in the outfield. So it, it's kind of chaotic. Wow. So it was Stuyvesant's territory? That's a good question. It's Stuyvesant's territory. Well, West 50th asked Stuyvesant if they could use that field for their game yes. today. So West 50 was the home team. That's a pretty smart parlay, you know? Like, yeah. Hey, we, we're home, but you have the better field. And it's pretty much yeah. the same territory. I mean, not pretty much, you know, Stuyvesant's down there. But so, yeah, in that game, you were saying how, you know, fortunately, you know, you're not, you don't speak Spanish and West 50th. With just your experience and your tendency, you pick up, you knew that they were probably barking at the pitcher or, you know, they were talking right. they were talking shit in ways that were just the tone alone spoke more than the words you need to understand, you know? Right, exactly. And that, that's a really good point. Tone is something that I pay close attention to, very much so my own tone, as well as anyone who I'm communicating with. So when I'm watching or not so much watching the team, I can hear the team in the dugout. And I can hear an aggressive tone towards the other team. And so my instinct was to bring that down. You know, I went over to the dugout. I told them, guys, we're not doing that today. You know, but it, it, it seemed like it was so much in their character and so part of what they had going on. that It was very hard for them to let it go. So at that point. It's culture. It's the, it's, the it was kind of the culture of the team. Right. Um, I could have gone further with it, but I thought to pull back on the reins a little bit, being that Stuyvesant wasn't letting it bother them or wasn't affecting Stuyvesant's game. They, they weren't asking for help or, or insinuating any of that. So I decided to let the game continue, and it turned out to be a really good game. It's a delicate balance, you know? Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, and do you, do you think in hindsight uh... – it's uh, a little risky to go to the team and not the coach first, or did you? Okay, that's a really good question. So I did go to the coach first. I should have brought that up. Okay. I went yeah, to the coach in my, first. My umpire mind is like, you tell the team and they sort of know that they got you, like, or at least you're paying attention and you give people the choice at that moment to be a dick. And when they make that choice, there's a lot less control that you can have. Yeah. Like, it's a, I, did, I did have the coaches on my side. Uh, sometimes, though, like we said, going back to it seemed to be part of the culture of the team mm -hmm. and the coach is a part of that. Yes, absolutely. You know, I brought it to his attention 
he told me he was on board and willing to help me because I approached him as if I was asking for help yeah, to keep the game, you know, to keep everyone participating in good sportsmanship. Um, he was on, he was on my side. The issue was he was coaching third base while his team was in the first base dugout. So when they, you know, when they would have a rally going, they would kind of, yeah. They would get energetic, yeah, you know, course. and that's that in that situation. That's when I said, "Nope, stop. We're not doing that. That's when I addressed the team. Yeah. I probably on hindsight would have been more effective had I issued a warning. But again, it's a delicate thing. And I, I didn't feel that Stuyvesant was getting sucked into it. And I didn't want to make the game so much about me. Yeah. 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 But you still have to um, uh, maintain the, the it's it's like a an order, you know, like you. In, yes, for sure. And it's part of your, if you don't get in front of that, then you're going to chase it. And when you're right. chasing it, it's it's just hard. You're be, you know, you want to get in front of it and, and make it aware. And I had a similar, not similar, but at a single A game, <laughs> which I don't get too much anymore. And uh, it was two Bronx teams, two Dominican heavy teams, only Spanish spoken throughout, you know, and I got uh, my partner who's the assigner's son <laughs> and we're both like, Ugh, these single games. Is it, like I said, it's not even with those teams with culture. It's lack of culture. There's nothing. You know, those coaches, bless their hearts, some of them are well-intentioned, but they don't have an idea of how to coach beyond the uh, the game. Like, they, they don't know how to administrate. They don't know how to put their kids in order and demand uh, make demands of them that are, you know, like high-level teams do and right. discipline teams do. So... We're in Katona Park, you know, and it's, you know, I got both the competing schools, uh, students on each side of the fence, and they're they're barking at each other, and opposite to to you, where, but the same mentality where you like you want to get in front of it. I have to wait, I have to really be calculated because if I say something and don't mean it or get in front of something, it'll be volatile. And sure. and I had to establish myself too within the game. And I usually do in those situations, like uh there was a wild pitch and one of the kids, he was just he was so annoying. You know, not like directly to me, but just his presence was annoying. And he uh the it, it hit the fence, the ball, and he jumped out of the way, like and he was like, Ah, uh, you know, be careful. I wanna get uh I, I wanna have kids later. And I turn around and I go, We gotta get laid first. And it made everybody laugh. You know, it it broke every and I would I would never recommend it, but I'm from the Bronx and I know the people and, you know, I already created that sense where I'm not a stiff. I'm not trying to be discipline, a disciplinarian. So when I'm asking you of something, know that I'm not trying to, I'm not these typical people, whatever you have in your mind of umpires to be. So now when I'm asking, know that I'm being serious. I purposely established that. And then I got to the point where I go time and I look at the crowd and I look at the players and I happened to know Eagle Academy was one of the schools. And mm -hmm. I know the AD. So I go, if you guys don't stop, I'm going to throw that, your coach out. And he's going to miss two days of work. And after this game, I'm going to text McGeary, who's their AD. When I dropped that name, they were like, oh. And they they quieted down. And guess what happens when they quiet down? By the way, the game is terrible. Just the worst of a, a ball. Now the other team thinks that because they didn't get discipline, <laughs> they can exhaust their like shot at whatever. And they, 
I'm not saying they think that, but that's what happened. And I had to almost tell them the same thing. And I had to, like I said, I, the more discipline, like when you say you go to a coach where you're like, Hey man, I need your help. Mm-hmm. There's a, a psychology within that. The more you're authoritarian versus the more you're like, Hey man, you're getting in the way of something. And can you just stop? That's more your plea. Your it's a plead than a hey. You know, stop it. I'm pleading. Please stop, please. And you know, I just I I looked at the coach. And I'm like, you have to get a control because I will throw you out. You mm-hmm. know, I was gonna throw him out. I mean, I could have, but I was. But I had to like scare him enough. And he was a, a single leg coach. He doesn't. There's no culture. So yeah. And those are one of those games where like it's funny. Uh, Anderson. I I told him to ask me questions like if you were things you want to know about an umpire. He's like, why do you guys sometimes run off the field? And I was like, these are <laughs> some of the reasons why. But uh, so anyways. <laughs> we don't get paid for overtime. <laughs> definitely not. And, and in those situations, if there was a brawl, I don't want to be witness to it. You know, like I got to get mm-hmm. out of there. You know, and I, I maybe younger me, you know, one kid less me. But I'm like, Psh, peace out. Whatever. I don't want to be a part of it. Game's right. over. But, you know, enough about me. Um, let's get into you. Uh, so first of all, where are you from? Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Born and raised? Yep. Born and raised in Brooklyn, yeah. Born and raised, awesome. And uh, you, where'd you go to high school? I went to Christ the King High School in Middle Village, Queens. Nice. When yeah. I did my um, test, I lived in Rockway for a while, and I did uh, the co-op test. That's what it was called. And I, yeah. Christ the King was one of them. Um, St. Edmunds was another. But, uh, sure. So, yeah. So did you play any sports in high school? Yeah, I played. I, was, I played baseball for four years, and I believe I ran track for two or three. Was the baseball team good then? We were pretty good. We were pretty good. We made the playoffs. What were the years? Don't mind me oh, asking. Carlos got a little sensitive. That's so funny. <laughs> he gave a range. Um, I graduated in 2001. Oh, you're only a year older than I am. Mm. So, yeah, that's why I asked because I remember those generally what the good baseball teams were, even on the Catholic side. So, yeah, so yeah. you played baseball. What position did you play? I was an outfielder and pitcher, and my strength was in pitching. Pitcher, awesome. Um, did you did you excel, or was it just like you know good enough to do it, and it was just fun? Um, well, I got to play at the collegiate level. Oh, so, so. no, that's excelling. I mean, most people, yeah. sports career, yeah. you know, is done yeah, at, I, at high school. Yeah, I pitched for the college at the College of Saint Rose. Oh, excellent! That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I was a lefty pitcher four years. That's great. So, um. What led you into um, officiating from that point? So uh, it's interesting, actually, baseball in college kind of led me into officiating. When we would do scrimmage games, I would be the official. Mm. And so I kind of immediately gravitated towards that. Were you that type of guy con- that they assigned that? They were like, Leon's good at that. Like, he knows the rules and stuff like yeah. that. Or you had to I just think it was just- kind of one of those things that I kind of gravitated towards. I've always been the type of person that likes to see things fair you know and i think that that's one of the affinities i have for officiating is it's an opportunity for me to maintain fairness you know in my uh in my environment even the capitalism in sports where um i often say that it's like uh what a a government should be like even like the the way football drafts are you know you you can't like just get the highest pick if you win the super bowl the ecosystem is becoming of a, a incumbent of itself to make sure that there's competition and you can only do that with fairness all around 
Yeah. You know, everybody's got the same rules and everybody's, you know, and if you want to have a capital gain on the business side to get a number one draft pick, guess what? You're going to have to give that team a lot because they can build. And it just goes to your point where like rules of and, and sports offer a sense where if you're good enough, you are validated in more ways than where, you know, where luck, circumstance, family or whatever wouldn't offer you. This is you. you. And, and same right. thing with officiating too. Right. That's cool. So you gravitated to that and they assigned. Yeah. So I gravitated to that and I would talk to my father about it and my father took it one step further and he got certified to officiate high school baseball. Did your father and... do it before you or? Yes. Oh, so yeah. Don't skip. Yes. You're burning the lead. Yeah. So your father officiated. That's. Well, hey. I kind of, so I kind of started doing it and then he was like, oh, that's a cool idea. Let me get into it. And then he really, he really got oh, into oh, it. Oh, no. So, okay. So you were volunteering. He saw you. Oh, cool. Right. I right. And then him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And then it came full circle because when I, when I came home and saw what he was doing, I said, Hey, I'd like to get into this. And that's, that's what ended up happening. Oh, wonderful. What's your father's yeah. name? Leon. Oh, shit. Yeah, Leon Senior. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. That's cool. That's, that's amazing. So how long, um, what would you say? What years? of? So I started, let's see, when I got right out of school, it was probably 06. So I probably started 06, 07. 06, 07. I'd assume your first like high level varsity was PSAL. Yes, for sure. When did you join that? Oh boy. Probably, probably took me two seasons to get a full varsity schedule, two or three seasons. So yeah. So, um, so you worked for the PSAL. No, who was your signer? Ruben Ramirez. Ruben Ramirez. And he's the same signer since you started, right? Yes. That's awesome. So you started with PSAL. And we. Uh, what moment I met you, I sense a, not just a kinship, but a kinship in, uh, like, you know, like we we have a, things in common, BJJ and stuff like that, but a kinship in yep. diligence and dedication to the craft that you don't see all the time. And it's, mm-hmm. you don't even have to say it or it's a vibe when you're around like well curtis the first time i worked with curtis degar right you know who comes on the podcast a lot and 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 carlos who's one of my, you know my biggest mentors so right. when i same thing when i met you we worked uh uh it was a covid game and i wasn't used to the um staying on first and and two man yes and then you the way you just like and i'm like duh you know i had to move into position because it was around first and to see how it stuck in my head how it was subtle and it was like in a way it was like a helping way. And I, I just, I saw you work and your mannerisms. And like I say with Curtis, it was love at first play. And <laughs> I appreciate that. No, And it was cool to offer you that. And I'm, we'll get into it later in wrestling too. So, right. So you started PSEL and from then was the first championship game, the one that you did in Inwood versus Lafayette. Do I have that correct? Um, you did that game though, right? Yes. Yes. And yes. That's the first one I talked to Anderson about it. Oh wow! Wow, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Because he talks about his perspective of being undefeated and losing, and it was really awesome. Yeah, so, that was some game. That was yeah. some game. So yes, yeah, so that was my first championship game. Yes. Excellent. Did you get to do a AAA game after that? Um, here's actually what happened. It's a funny story. So I got the invitation for the AA game. A day later, I got a phone call from Ruben who I mentioned before, and uh, he asked me what I was doing on that day. So it was a bit of a cryptic question, and my answer was, I'm busy, 
because I'm working the championship game for Paul. That phone call was for me to be invited to the AAA championship game. <laughs> and had I known what it was, I could have potentially done the double and AAA because they, they just played back to back. Hey, Leon, <laughs> why don't you go, why? What do you have? I don't know. I'll tell you why, because I was on the field when he called me. Oh. I was doing a PGL game. I couldn't talk. Uh, so it was a very quick conversation. I can't. I'm busy. I got to go. You couldn't. Yes, and, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that's, that's, so a, that's, that's a total happened. valid excuse. <laughs> that's what happened. But anyway, so that's awesome. So, so yeah, so wow. So you, the way it works with Be Aware, uh, whatever cycle you get in, you start at the, he offered me the, the double A game last year, but he also okay. offered me the uh, single A game and the all-star game. So was, I was like, I'll take the two checks, especially because um, <laughs> the games were in the Yankee Stadium. They're back gotcha. now, and I get the double A game. He's like, "You can do it this, you know, the next year." That's great. Because if he said no, you just get it then. I would have been like, "All right, fine, I'll do it." But he's like, "You'll get it next year," and then I get the triple A game next year, which is, I'll have the plate. Congratulations! That's that's yeah. awesome. Those are you know those are uh, a great assignment to knock off. And uh, working at Yankee Stadium, I'm sure it was a thrill, right? Yes, Yankee Stadium's fun. Did you get to change in the umpire locker room? No, no. Oh, uh, we get to change in the green room. God, who we got to speak to? Yeah, oh. <laughs> I know that's messed Security up. Security is very, very, very tight there. I'm sure. And that's why they, you know, they didn't even have it there. Uh, the one seat last year was the first year, but they had playoffs and championship since COVID. So it was at Staten Island. Um, with, okay. Uh, the minor league, which was cool. It was big. Sure. That's yeah. a nice park. I've worked there plenty of times. And I had second base. And nice. What was great, and I always speak about this because I did the all-star game before with four-man crew. And I've done four-man crew before, but you need the reps. And I got that rep out with that all-star game. And I was nice. the only one who still do, did this, the uh, the A game. And my confidence was so much because I did second base. And, you know, when yep. you're in and out, got to move left, righty. And in that game, too, um, so, uh, I had the rotations in my head. And I knew I don't really replace anybody. I think I've told you a story or not. But third base had to go out. Yep. The runner on first, running around. Batter runner passes first. Yep. You know, home plate's covering third. First yep. is supposed to go home. Yep. First, first doesn't go home. Oh boy. That boy that runner passes me and I look. And I'm telling you, we were on a course. And it was just it resembled. And I it's funny, the commissioner, Bob, he said it resembled Jeter with the against the A's with the he he did the flip. Because that's right. how that's how it was coming with down the line. You were running, so you're from what I understand, you were running straight. From second through base. the mound, straight to the mound. I, I I probably ran straight to the mound. That's great instincts. Yeah, way man, to cover I, a hole. I got clapped. It was it was awesome, man. And I I as good as I felt in that moment, I immediately I went up to the guy from first and I was like, "You got to do better," you know. And that's the only thing I said to him. And I don't know him because it's all different boroughs, right? Uh, but that's part of the um, process of. It was a good moment where I wanted to break my hand, patting myself on the back because I was like, man, I, I was aware. And I was only right. aware because of the rotations. I was like, that guy goes out. And I was looking for him, and he was just standing there. Yeah. And, no, that's and, very that's excellent on your part to have that awareness and also the wherewithal to separate that feeling that you got and respond to it rather than react to it. You, know, you made a really want, good decision. I don't want to show up like that. I don't want to be cool that if i was remembered it was for a positive thing which is 
never the case when it's with umpiring. Right. Officiating in general. But um, at the same time, I want the integrity to be like, you, you know, I'm not trying to like, you know, but I let him know. I have to let my teammate know, man, like, you got to be there. You know, like it's a mm -hmm. team and you got to be there just because I was there doesn't make it good. And and maybe in the optics, nobody knows. Most likely. About, yeah. Not to the layman. They don't know rotations like that, but he knows. And maybe he'd even know. And he'll know, like, I, I was like, I got to let you know yeah. even further. Because it was a championship game, you know? Right. So you did the championship game, and uh, I I heard it was exciting. And, uh, you know, Lafayette, they slayed that. As you hear with, with how Anderson ex describes it, you know, he went from not even having a team, single A, undefeated double A, failing championship. And he was very candid about how we thought we beat him before we sh before the game happened. And wow. Yeah, it's it was pretty awesome, and it was very uh, it was cool for of, of him to to be so vulnerable, and because he didn't want to make that mistake again. And right, did you have that sort of like what were your feelings from your end of the game? Like my feel was my feel was Lafayette's pitcher was tough that day. He was tough that day. He was he was very good. I mean, he you had the play too, so you'd know. Yeah, exactly, and you know that's baseball. If the pitcher's on, he's he's going to be tough. He's the first person to put the ball offense. in play. Yeah, you know, and they made the plays. And how did you feel? Was that your highest level like accomplishment? No, no. At the time, yes. Yeah, that's what I mean. No, no, I'm not overall. I mean, at the time, yeah, put me in that okay. in that space where because I know you do college now, and we'll get to that. But at that moment, you had not done college, or maybe not even if you did, right. that that championship. You feel it, you yeah. know? You feel yeah, it. yeah. There's a lot of intensity. There's a lot of tension. And, you know, separating myself from that is how I, I get through. I, it's one pitch at a time, every time. And separating myself from the emotions that the other athletes and coaches and fans are emitting is part of my job. Yeah. You know, and, and, and staying stoic and, and being focused and being present is how I get through every game. I I know you from officiating on, like I don't know you before your job and your personality. One thing, uh, people who know me and people who subsequently only know me as an official, you know, the people who know me before can tell you the changes and how the discipline and how what you just said, the stoicism. How Did you, were you somebody who brought it? How much did you bring to uh the table of stoicism and separating self versus your ability and care to learn about the job made it so now you have it more in your life yes it's so it's still a work in progress and it's probably the top thing on my priority list when it comes to getting better is building my mindset and building a timing um for me to respond rather than react to things. Because I feel, especially when we're officiating a new sport or we see something new for the first time, that our body sends signals and alarms. And we want to sometimes just react to those. And I'm finding the more we can separate ourselves from those alarms, the better chance we have of making a correct response. You know, and a lot of that, you know, falls under the umbrella of timing absolutely i mean that was 
whatever words I used, same thing I tell myself. And, you know, uh, telling the call to yourself. Right. That's a life thing, you know? Sure. It's giving space between the experience of what's happening and allowing yourself and uh, 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 to be a better judge of it. And Definitely. that's only that's you can't you can't do that when you're reacting. No, you know? because those are those are things that are are getting in front of your thoughts, and those are you know, right. But you. But can here's the thing: to, that's going to happen. Yeah, you know, and that's another thing that is, you know, I I, I put a lot of focus on. It's turning the page. It's moving on. You know exactly, good or bad, we have to move on. Yeah, you and, or you can you know, you preserve it. But you got to, you know, you got to put it in the back of the filing cabinet. Yeah, definitely. Know? And I find that the more, the higher standard that we can hold ourselves, for me, I find I can then hold others to higher standards as well. Because I am, what I want to do is portray how I want to be treated, you know, and, and what I, what my expectations are by my body language, my tone, my presence, you know, I love to share that. And but usually, yeah, and, I, I usually it comes back. And of course, because it, well, oh, I mean, that's karma is, it's a real thing. So you, you, especially given the space of you, that is your job. It's not like you, life and it is more abstract and you don't realize the, the get back when you're always constantly putting out. But in this job, you, when you do that, it pays dividends immediately because you can see the control that you have and you can see that they you would for you're going to force them to to really make the the choice to be understanding or volatile and 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 it allows you to know that man i know i did everything in my power to deescalate to make things calm i know all i did was shut in your mind and i say this to myself all i will ever ever offer a coach is in, in in terms of um in a negative conflict is i'm gonna outgame you before i throw you out but i'm never ever going to out asshole you because whether i could or i can't it still makes me an asshole and i'm not mm -hmm. going to ever do that mm -hmm. I and i don't have to because when it gets to that point then i could just you throw you to. out and that that's what? and that's how i measure it the point where the oh if I don't throw this person out, I'm going to be an asshole. So you you push me to that. I, I have respect within myself to know that I don't get the way that that easy. And I have respect amongst my coaches and peers to know that if that happened, I, I'm not just exhausting that as like a a, a, a get, get out of jail free card. I'm, I'm you, like you. You push me. And well, look, I, I always say I, I, I'm not I don't eject people. People eject themselves. Well, of course, you know, of course. And, you know. But no, that's just a measurement of like when it gets to that level. And, you know, and I never, I've ejected kids and, and that, in that last game, there was a couple of kids I ejected. I just, I didn't, there was so much of that, to that game. <laughs> but it wasn't like ejection where I'm like going to call my sign and be like, give them the number and the names, like whatever, man. And at that point too, if I did that, those team probably wouldn't be able to field the team for a little while. Right. Um, but the message was sent. And even if it wasn't, it's not, it, I, the standard is not going to merit the discipline. Right. Nothing I do is going to change them and grow. But if there was an instance of Monroe or something, you have to do that. 
So yeah, moving on. Uh, one thing that we we learned that we bonded over um, in in the times that we've worked together is that we both do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I have done it in a while, but when I first started, it, it was before I, I embarked on my officiating career, and I really felt like the process, you know, those first couple of years were, for me personally, there's only been outside of my kids and family, the successes are jujitsu mm-hmm. and officiating. And they've taught me how to almost the patience to do this podcast because I respect the process of where I started to where I got. And I could see right. how growth is integral and and to just give it time, especially knowing how much I want to do it and care about it. And those are the only other two things besides this. So, you know, I brought that sort of mentality, that sort of recognition of like, oh, damn, I really want to do this and get better at it. I want the goal of getting a different belt or doing a championship game. So, you know, that mindset, I believe, you know, it's a martial linear spirit and being above yourself and, and removing yourself and responding, not reacting. Right. How, how did that, where I started with jujitsu made me a better umpire and official. How did, and being an umpire and official make help you successfully in jujitsu? Okay. Uh, I, for me, I think it's the other way around. I think jujitsu has done something for me. Um, that translates very well to officiating. And when, if you've never trained before, you probably won't know that when you start jujitsu, you don't know anything and everything is very tense. So anytime you, you, you grapple with somebody, you, you put so much effort and stress. You're a pulled bungee you cord. Yeah, you get tired so fast, mm. you know? Um, I started to realize that I started to ease up on my tension. I started to realize that as I did that reacting was going down and responding was going up. That release of tension allowed me to see more clearly. So taking that onto the field with me, I can all, I can feel it's like a different person out there. I feel relaxed. I feel calm. And I realized that other people pick up on that. And people like to see, especially an official that's comfortable. And I really believe that jujitsu has helped me a lot with that. Uh, that's legit. Exactly what I, I think too. You know, like, yeah, I could not have used the words differently. And I really believe that your heart rate is super important in those moments. Yes. And breathing, breathing, especially in jujitsu, man, you have to breathe. And in wrestling, there is a, obviously a, a way to like keep, keep your heart rate managed and and your uh, exhaustion managed too, especially at the higher level. But it's more intense. It's you know because you, you want to beat somebody. Where in jujitsu is like it's predicated on not on self defense and not losing, yes. and and knowing how to mitigate and manage more so than domineering. And that comes with breathing, that comes with relaxing, that comes right. with pause, read, react. Right. And and it comes with a, a sense of preventative officiating too, not putting yourself in the positions that yeah. will cause you to stress more and have to work harder to get out of. Definitely. And that's, I mean, what are we talking about? Jiu-jitsu or officiating, you know? this is Yeah, right. And, so. you know, another thing that really has stood out to me is Starting from scratch, you know, there it felt like such a long time where I had 
not started anything from the very beginning oh, and just learning excellent. something from the beginning there there's something about that there's knowing that you're going to fail and knowing that it's a challenge every time you know you go out there and that also translates very well you know the reason that i love to officiate is because i love the challenge and jujitsu fits that and officiating fits that for me yeah for me too amen and not, not just that like people need to find their challenge that way too you need to be tested right you know, and and you want to you don't want to be tested in in settings that are not as controlled that these things offer you and ways you can get better and ways where you're expected to to fail to get better life doesn't offer you Definitely. that you know life does not offer you that so these mediums that we both just happen to really care about and share you know it, it's it's still a linear thing that everybody needs to to figure out in their life to to grow honestly and, and yeah well the two, got... those two things are not easy no you know we we, we chose two things that oh are no not easy. i think that it said does. something about our character yeah well you know uh, for spe specifically jujitsu offers a martial spirit like wrestling i'm sure you picked it up man you you can't be on a uh, monroe baseball team but anybody can be on a wrestling team doesn't matter you're not gonna represent them at the meets but it's a martial art get in there train figure it out better yourself and, and martial right. arts always offer that and that's what i meant right. by that too it's something that it's uh you know everybody can do it and challenge them that way challenge themselves in that way i don't not everybody can be umpires and i don't suggest everybody try to be umpires good point i would like more people to try in general but that's you know but so like moving on and how doing jujitsu at the same time as you starting your because you've only been doing it for two years your your college career that's good timing you know to get that sort of yeah yeah, definitely. That, that just worked out that way. You know, I, I got into jujitsu because I started officiating wrestling, you know, and I had no idea the impact it would have on umpiring baseball. Look at you getting better. Oh, no, you made a point earlier about challenging <laughs> yourself, man. Mm -hmm. This podcast, it, it's it's the first time I've had to start from zero and really like because I don't know about you as growing up. It was always like, you can do this, you can do that. And I, as I got older. It wore on me. I felt like I was not living up to things in that okay. way. But as I got to an adult and I, I have stable friends, family, I, I did the the success, you know, on paper part, jujitsu and then officiating. Those are things that uh, allow me to be like, no, but these are things I really like and really want to get better at. And sports is something that I view in a way that I don't like professional wrestling. I always knew what, what it was. Mm -hmm. And... I didn't care because I liked that part of it. It felt like that, that entertained me more, mm -hmm. you know? And then obviously when it, when it pulls you out and, and it, you can suspend your disbelief, it's even better. And with sports, you know, I always, I often say when I was in Jamaica for our honeymoon, I spent a good amount of time trying to learn where cricket was just because I, I want to know how sports work. And that's part of the drive that led me to become an official and part of the things that, allowed me to know how much I love it. And it's, like I said, it's cool that, you know, you, you did jujitsu and, and, and college at the same time. And the fact that you thought to become um, a better official through jujitsu speaks volumes to who you are. And Thank you. it's very admirable. So in college, <laughs> it, it's funny how, like, I, I can tell, like, you, the confidence. It, it, and it's good because you could have 
the confidence is something that is it helps in your game too, obviously for your calls. But you're, right. I'm sure, when you step onto college field and and I I kind of feel that way too. It's like, well, where you been? You know, like why are you why have you not been doing this earlier? And I'm sure you've sort of had that like, I can do this. I'm not just going this blind, and I can do this mainly because I've been successful at every stop. And tell me about that. So how's college going? Oh, that's um okay. If I understand what you're saying, that's 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 really that's really good. So are you're are you asking me, you know, how does it feel to take the field at, at the uh, college I'll, I'll, level? I'll give at you the a, college I'll... level with only a couple of years of experience, right? And some and some of the games are high level. Yes. Right? But also the fact that you've prepared yourself more. Okay, well, that's the whole key, right? That's the whole key is in the preparation. Um, So the beyond the rules. Yeah, there was a turning point in my baseball career. After I did that championship game, I decided to go to my first camp with a a good friend of mine who is involved in baseball. His name is Rich Capitelli. And he told me he was going to a three man camp. And I don't know what took me so long. But the stars lined up and said, oh, you're going? Well, I want to go. And I went to my first camp in Puck, Texas. It was a three-man camp. It was one week long. I had no idea what I was in store for. But I'm in a room with about 30 guys. And after the first day, I realized that all these guys have just come from um, professional umpire training school. And we're going out there. And I'm learning a three-man system that I have no idea. I thought I knew baseball. This camp... I'll never forget, I think it was after day two, I called home in tears and told my sister, I didn't know who to call. I told her, I thought I knew this game. I don't know anything. And that was really a crossroad for me because at that point it was, well, I I, I, I quit because I don't know anything. Two years ago. Or, right? you know, or... Two years ago, right? Still sorry? Two years ago, right? Uh, the camp was about, well, it was pre-COVID. It was, it okay. was right before. Right, so it was like, well, like many years 20, into your, 2019. Man, oh, fresh off the championship game that you had. Right, probably. right. That's what I'm saying. It was right after that. Ooh, yeah, the ego. And uh, in Puck, Texas. And it was the one of the toughest things I endured because I really thought I knew baseball. At that time, I had already been officiating well over 10 years. And when my eyes opened to how much more there actually is, it was a great experience because what it made me was hungrier. And the following year, I ended up going to professional umpire school myself. So I piggybacked off that. And then from there, I was able to network and meet people who loved it as much as you and I do, right? And grow my team. And they were able to direct me to the right assigner for me to start my college journey. And from there, I've been going to camps consistently because that's where we get our education. That's where the best guys are that can help us grow and get better. And, you know, I'm a firm believer of if I'm at an assignment, someone believes that I should be there. So that's some of my confidence starts with that. Then I know the preparation and time I put in. And then lastly, it's about me being prepared mentally, being present in the moment, focused and taking the game one pitch at a time. Well, man, I can run through a wall right now. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was awesome. And that's I mean, I couldn't ask for anything more for a a sort of a experiential process of what it takes to be just in general uh like i said know your like n- know your challenges but not only that n- know 
when you are in a position to overcome them because of the preparation and, and the drive that you have to do so. And, and it's just, it oozes and it comes out. And like I said, you know, uh, I've never aligned myself in, in this job with people who I consider. And I talk about the way I talk about you because of my identification of what it takes to be good. And in that situation, the apprehension, the doubt was validating you to knowing how much you want to get better. Maybe it, it was a punch in the gut and you need to get that out and shout out to your sister. But, right. you know, it, it wasn't any, it wasn't like a, you know, a bully. It was like, okay, you know, now I know what I know, what I don't know. It was like my first class. It was yeah. like jujitsu from the beginning. But knowing what you don't know and the drive to, to know it, that you, but you still have to know what you don't, you can't just go in there with bravado and, and think and and then no, you're right. About that too. And you're absolutely right. About that. But he went in there, th- thought he could defeat Lafayette. Thought, he talked about. He's like, we thought it looked small, and you, he didn't get punched in the gut. He got punched in the face. That's you know, a and, great example. Exactly. And, that's a th- that's another thing that I forgot to mention. I go into the game knowing that what we do is not easy. It's it's difficult, you know. Yeah, but yeah. it's a challenge, and I like to self talk. And I talk to myself in the third person when I'm working and it's just as simple. You can do this. Well, we it's are, a little, little confidence boost. We are, we are similar. You can do this. We're very you similar. Know? And that's it. One pitch at a time. Moving on, going from, you know, that sort of environment where you, you realize what you, what you didn't know to getting to the point where you're confident when you step on the field, how far have you gone in, in college where you, on the scale of like accomplishments, you know, not just a regular season or something like that. Cause obviously oh. that's kind of like, right. Um, that is I was fortunate is. enough to be selected last year to my first division three regional. There you go. I am expecting to go back this year. I would like to continue that until I make it to a world series. Yeah. You and know, Carl, that, that's Carl's Domo said, you know, Carl's Domo. Of course. Carl's Domo's. And, uh, I great empire. It, it, it passed it passed me by to to remember to ask, but the World Series. Explain that for people who think it they don't understand the umpiring sense of that and what that isn't. Then, you know, oh boy, the World That's, Series. MLB. I'm not, not the best to ask, but okay. So the World Series is the pinnacle of where where we want to be at the end of the season. You know, basically the top five percent of umpires in their respective division gets regional selections okay so right off the bat there only five percent move on to the regionals yeah and then from there i guess it would be the final four the yeah, final so no, four if people who are maybe think that we're talking about oh we want to become professional umpires and, and join the world series it's the college baseball world oh series, yes guys. we're talking about the college world yes. series far um, from remember we're not talking professional to, we're, world series we're talking to each other but people are going to listen and they're right you know, yes, so we're talking about the college world series and, and there are three different college well there's more than that because there's a junior college world series division three world series division two world series and division one world series and i i could be missing another one i'm not sure if you're missing it they're not important <laughs> <laughs> but that's but, awesome. um, so yeah that's it and it's pretty yeah. much carl's so you got to a regional i got to a regional that's the first step where was that that was at Immaculata University, I believe. Where is that? That's in New Jersey. Where I don't New know. Jersey? I don't know. <laughs> okay, don't worry about that. But um, 
they play series or just one game elimination? It's it's a it's a tournament set up, and I it's two game elimination. Yes, I'm asking for people because I know, but of course, oh so, yeah, yeah. So that's awesome, and and with that, I always ask. Uh, you said your goals, but let's go to wrestling real quick because I sure. we'll, we'll 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 conclude with this because I met Leon in Diamond Nation where we both work, and we never really worked too much there. After that, I don't even think we have, and uh, maybe once or twice, maybe once, right? Maybe once, but not memorable enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then all of a sudden, I see that you're attending wrestling meetings. I'm like, holy shit, that was Leon. funny. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> you, I ask him, like, oh, you wrestled, and you're like, no, I'm like, what? <laughs> and <laughs> I get that a lot. <laughs> so, for people who are listening, uh, wrestling officiating is one of the sports where like you kind of have to have done it, unless you're Leon, but. <laughs> I mean, everybody's played a sense of baseball, and it's a sport that's watchable on TV. It's very accessible. Wrestling's not something that is accessible, and the, the people who know it are usually participants. Right. And and here you go, just flying blind. And well, I, I don't even know why well, you thought <laughs> to do that, but we'll get it. Maybe we'll get into that. But okay. the, we'll just get into the fact that he, like, I knew, and you validated exactly the person that you talked about through this entire podcast. A diligent craftsman. Yes, this is not your job. It's your craft. Thank and you. you take it very seriously. And you care that you have a reputation for being good. It's okay to do that. In fact, I encourage everybody to do that, especially umpires. It is okay to want people to think that you're cool. Cool as you, you know, the temperature is low and you're not volatile and you and you want the best out of the game. And and, right. and and a trust that you built you can build up trust in a way where a coach can look at you and even if they disagree with you, you know, even if you're wrong, that is you, you're not your call's no ego, no ego behind your call. The only ego is that you think you have it right and you deserve it to to have that. And coaches know that they're not especially at as the more levels you go up, they they're not they're in it too for the same reasons that you are, but for on a different lane, right. You know, the, the investment's the same. It just requires different parts of your psyche. And, uh, but that's why you're there to manage that. And to to come in that blind with wrestling, and I'll never forget, it's, it's the same thing like uh, where you, you ushered me into position for the COVID uh, rotation, the two-man rotation. It wasn't your match, and it was a table conflict. And I forgot who else was involved, but th- the coaches came in. They were sort of like coaches do. They flail and they start asking, looking for other referees to validate them or whatever. And he went to you. You know, it's like a sort of one like you don't know where something is in a store. You look for an employee like, hey, somebody help me. And they saw, you know, Mr. Footlocker over here. And they're like, hey, and you, you had no idea. You had no idea. You couldn't possibly know what was going to happen. But what you did know was how to deal with the situation and act like you knew what you're doing. And at the very least, act like you were in control. And you did something that changed my game was in the middle of that, you you shook, put your hand down. I was like, oh, I'm Leon. What's your name? I, you know, and we that disarmament is, I, I watched that as I do the people who I believe I should watch and get better from. And that that's something that I always do. I don't even write the team's name on the scorecard. I write the coach's first name. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's any better way to conclude how this is important. Um not only for your story, and I, I hope you had a, a good time expressing your story because it's it's fascinating and it makes me feel better as a, as an official and it, it and honestly makes me, you know, 
want to be friends with you because you're kindred in that way. And then learning more about you and, and hearing hearing you talk about how much you care about your craft and and sort of the the dichotomy where jujitsu starting before and after with us. And if there's anything else you have to say, I, I really just appreciate you coming on and being part of this process with me. Thanks for having me, Stephen. And you, you've been a big part of my growth and development with wrestling. Uh, I know you're always there for me anytime I have a question for you and you're knowledgeable. And I'm, I'm really grateful for that. Full disclosure is I, I have an affinity for combat sports. I always have. And wrestling is an amazing sport. And there's so much respect involved with wrestling. I, I'm so grateful that I was, I was able to open my eyes to wrestling and move forward and become a wrestling official. It's, it's been a great uh, run so far, and, and I hope to do it for the foreseeable future Absolutely. with you. Oh yeah, well you know we're on opposite ends. Even um, you know we for for people listening, uh, it kind of works by borough, and you put your your first choice of where you want to go. And obviously yours is deep Brooklyn, and but for sure, I mean, in tournaments when we work together, I I like the coaches understand that things are in control when you're around, and you and and like me, I feel like you don't have to flex. I can you know see, what? I can see yeah. your muscles. You don't have to show me. You know? <laughs> With that being said, the, uh, yeah, one thing I would like to touch on is is showing the environment, the coaches, the athletes, the people. There are a lot of people who are in charge of of what's going on, you know, showing them our human side and using the example of introducing myself. Please and thank you go so far. I, I can't stress being enough. Nice how, please, so being nice goes so far. Being nice, being personable, you know. And being cool level, not emotional, detaching from those emotions. I think those are great ways to develop that trust and build that trust in the environment that you're working. Excellent. Consider better. Everybody and Leon, thank you for being on this podcast. Leon Cruset, thank you, buddy. Thank you. My pleasure.